Hello, you're listening to an SSFD Network podcast from the School of Social and Family Dynamics at Arizona State University. Hi, I'm Jennifer Brown, bringing the continuing podcast of SSFD and the Pat Tillman Veterans Center, working together to understand uh, the military family and the veterans as part of our ASU community. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, Today, I am very pleased to be introducing uh, Tina Royball. And uh, Tina is a member of the military family and she is a student and a mom. So she meets all the criteria for the military family. Most of all, I'm very happy to say she's my TA. And I want you to know that um, she's excited. She will be graduating. I'm sad that she's graduating. (laughs) And she refuses not to graduate because uh, I want her to stay. But anyway, she's been a joy. And I did think that she would be the perfect person to end our series looking at the military uh, family. I did ask her permission for her to come and do this. I did not put this on her list of TA responsibilities. (laughs) I want to make sure that that's clear. So welcome, Tina. I'm excited to be sharing some time and some uh, information on what the younger military family is. I represent the older military family. So anyway, first of all, um, share some of your experiences of being a military wife, some of your uh, adventures. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jennifer. Um... So I've been a, I was born and raised um, in the military. So I was born in the Philippines. My dad was in the Air Force and I've been living the military lifestyle now for gosh, 33 years. Um, And it's interesting now to be uh, once upon a time to have been a military child myself to now uh, be a military spouse raising my own military child. Um, so there's just a lot of dynamics that go into that. Um, but I, I absolutely love um, the lifestyle that you know we live. I'm so proud of my husband for everything that he does to serve our country. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I feel like our life is always a sense of everything is it's temporary. Um, so it's, it's interesting to set roots down somewhere um, and then have to uproot and, uh, you know, can keep trucking on. Well, I think that that probably is a common uh, denominator that all military families would address that, you know, you put down roots, but then you uh, pull to put down roots someplace else. What I think is interesting though is that you have both perspectives being a military child and being now the military mom and and wife in in the picture because when you said for 33 years that's more than a lot of active duty people (laughs) that retire so you know you should get a retirement and so anyway I think that um 
one of the things that are very interesting though is that in this time you have also been pursuing your education and uh, and you chose ASU which is you know very pleasing that you chose us we didn't just drop lap and uh, so what's it been like for you being a student moving being a student, being a wife and a mother. And, uh, and then we'll explore more what some of your future plans are. Sure, so I'm a non-traditional first-generation graduate, graduate student. Um, I went back to college when I was 27 years old. And I, at the time I was just uh, new, I fell newly pregnant with uh, my daughter and I, wanted to take some sort of parenting class. And so at the time I uh, decided to enroll into a lifespan development course. And after that, that's kind of where I fell in love with, you know, the social sciences. And then I just kept going. And so when it's funny because when my daughter turned two, I earned my associate's degree. When she turned four, I earned my bachelor's. And here I am about to graduate ASU and she's now six years old. So <laughs> Uh, and it just so happened, you know, that through my journey, um, a lot of the, my professors or adjunct professors just so happened to be military affiliated as well in some way, um, whether they were military spouses themselves or veterans in the military. Um, and yeah, so I've just been a full-time student for the last six years. And I decided to apply to ASU for two reasons. One is because I just love the inclusive um, culture that uh, ASU, um, you know, incorporates. And also because when I was looking at the Stanford School, I saw that being a remote TA may be a possibility. <laughs> and so I knew at that time, okay, I want to be like my professors. I want to be an adjunct professor or an instructor um, because I thought, what a great career for a military spouse that you get to learn, but then also get to take your work with you and travel. And so I really admired all of my professors who did that, such as yourself, you know, you've got the background as well. Um, and yeah, and I, luckily it's funny because when I applied for this job, uh, I was in the middle of, uh, our family was in the middle of a PCS. We were just moving from San Antonio to Maryland. And so I did the interview in a hotel room. <laughs> And so uh, that was that was interesting because we had just journeyed, you know, 20 plus hours in a car. There I was in a hotel room interviewing for a job um, with ASU and lucky for me, I, I got it. <laughs> and the Stanford School faculty has just been amazingly supportive and I, I really, really appreciate everything that that I have been able to experience and all the skills I've been able to learn at ASU while I've been here. Well, lucky for me, you interviewed in, <laughs> in a hotel room. <laughs> so, well, I, I really was excited when um, I had found out that you had had a military, you know, background, because I knew that that would give us common ground from the very beginning and we could and I certainly could understand and appreciate your having to uh, you know do some work while you're in a hotel while you're moving 
and, and stuff uh, that you did because uh, I think we all have had, if, if, if you have been a military spouse, you know that the PCS moves come at the least convenient time possible. And uh, it's just like when uh, your husband or your spouse is deployed, you can almost guarantee as you're waving goodbye, the air conditioner is going to break. It just goes with the program. And exactly. So, but I think it's, it's not that other people don't experience it, but it's sort of one of those commonalities that bring military families together. Um, I, I know that you also have a daughter. You mentioned that. Um, uh, so she's got some adventures ahead of her, I imagine, as you will probably have a few more moves. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, she experienced her first PCS this last year. She was five years old. Um, she was just about to start kindergarten and you know, we got to lay some good roots while we were uh, at our last duty station in Texas, and she made her first really good set of besties of friends. And so it was, it was difficult as a mom to know that we had to, you know, take her away from that. But at the same time, it's, we know it's part of this lifestyle and, you know, it's going to give her so many other skills, right? I mean, she's going to learn, you know, emotional resiliency skills and, um, you know, coping mechanisms. And my husband and I, we try and keep it positive, which I think a lot of military families do. You've just got to roll with the punches and, you know, you'll make new friends at, at the new duty station. Um, but I think it's very important for a military spouse to, uh, military family to have community. Um, and we had that in Texas. And so it was very hard to leave and, and start over in, in where we are now in Maryland. But uh, I see so many benefits from it in her. I already see her, you know, appreciation for diversity and being able to, you know, approach people, um, be so outgoing and you know understanding of differences. So there are just so many benefits to living this lifestyle and getting to be among um, you know people in different areas of the country. You mentioned community, and I think that that's probably something that uh, everyone at every stage of whether you are active duty or retired. I think you can uh, fully appreciate because a tight bond falls uh, into a military community. You really watch out for one another and you're there in a time of need. And, uh, and I think it's modeled for children. And I think children get the idea then that you, you serve others. It's not just all about you, you know, and of course every child goes through the time when it is all about them, but that's sort of normal <laughs> development. And so, but they've got that seed planted and you mentioned resilience. I think children of military families are very resilient and they have to be. I mean, it's, it's really, you know, some move easier than others. 
Uh, but so some, and you know, just having uh, three children, the differences and their approach to it, but it also seemed to correspond with their ages. And mm -hmm. so that some of the um, way they, they approached the move also had to do with where they were at the time, you know, where you're in a certain, you know, you're in middle school. Well, you know, that's a hard time to, it's a hard, middle school is a hard time period. And I think anytime you bring in different variables to it, uh, I think it, 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 you're gonna see a, a normal reaction from the child and it's not necessarily because they are now uh, a child of a military. Some, you know, some will be, but not as much. So I think that um, one of the things though that I'm really, very grateful to see in, um, we have only talked about it briefly, but um, there is a mom support group. And uh, I was very interested in it. As soon as you had mentioned it in one of your emails, I think I wrote back to you in like 30 <laughs> and said, tell me about it. Because when I was a young military wife and had young children, we had a support system, but it wasn't the way you were describing the support system. But of course, it was different for us, too, because we lived in military housing. We weren't spread all out. I think I shared with you that um, when my daughter was born, when she was two weeks old, my husband went out to uh, the, the field and gone, you know, they were going to be gone for a month. And a friend of mine had a baby who was a year old and we were, but we were in housing and we were near each other and we would take care of each other's babies so we could get our shower for the day. You know, if you don't live, it'd be odd to walk to a neighbor that was not in the military and say, hi, can I use your shower and will you watch my baby? Uh, <laughs> but I want you to um, really share all that is offered through this, this is amazing to me and, and so beneficial. Of course, I, I, I absolutely agree. I think military spouses are often um, underestimated and um, especially in, in the workforce, um, you know, however, I think um, we take it into our own hands um, and so a lot of these Facebook groups are spouse led. They're created by spouses for spouses. And so, you know, if you are PCSing or you're moving from one location to another location, they, you can actually go on Facebook and you can uh, type in the base that you are relocating to. Um, and there is a spouse led group for almost every single base, whether it's uh, in the United States or overseas. Um, and these groups are filled with, you know, thousands of spouses who have just come together in this online virtual community. Um, and there's, there's answers for almost everything there. Uh, and there's even posts, you know, to introduce yourselves to the new community. 
Um, you'll see a lot of like friendship applications on there. Like, hi, I'm Tina. I would love to be friends uh, with you. You know, I enjoy taking long walks with my children, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. And so you, it's, it's amazing to see the support, you know, spouses supporting spouses in those forums. Um, because it's a great way to meet friends. It's a great way to arrange play dates. There's um, different clubs, you know, there's book club, that you can join to feel that sense of community. Um, I've, I've joined quite a few of them. And through those large groups, you know, you kind of find your tribe of, of moms or, a, you know, tribe of spouses and families that are really your support system for the duration of your, your stay wherever you are. And I've always appreciated it. Um, you know, it, it's funny because I didn't know anyone when before we moved to Maryland. I went on Facebook and I put out my friendship application <laughs> and I got a lot of response um, from, you know, super friendly women. And so when we got here, we already had people that, you know, were in, we felt were in our corner um, that my daughter could play with their kids. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a small, it's a small world, but, you know, a big family. What a benefit, though, because I mean, some of the questions when you move, especially if you're not living on base or close to yes. one of the medical facilities, you know, finding a pediatrician, uh, where what's the school district like, you know, yes. uh, or some of the basics, you know, like if we buy a house here, what's the property taxes? And there yet, are a lot of questions like up. that on the forum. Yeah, you know, I know you can look them up and, you know, you certainly can, but it'd be sort of nice to hear a homeowner in that particular area tell you some of the ins and outs of living in a certain district. Absolutely. You get that all the time. Um, you know, it's always a big question. What are the best schools? Where should we live? Um, those questions are always coming up. And, you know, it's nice to know that you have a reliable source. Um, where you're going, you know, where the military families are living, the most popular neighborhoods where military families are living. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's just great. I feel like without that, it would be a lot scarier to make that jump because I, you know, that's something that my mom growing up as a military spouse, she didn't have. And so I feel very, you know, privileged and advantaged to have those sources and, and be able to make those connections early on. Well, I can identify, <coughs> excuse me, with your mother. We had um, sponsors and, you know, the sponsor would be assigned to you. So you might, may or may not have anything in common. I mean, it was very pleasant. They were there to greet you at the airport or, if, you know, or to help you find housing or, mm -hmm. but again, not necessarily something like what you're saying, where you can find friends for your children. You know, like our sponsor had teenagers and I had a baby. <laughs> and so, so the teenagers uh, could turn out to be good babysitters, but certainly weren't going to help you with uh, your child having play dates. And, and they didn't know they had friends that were teenagers, as you would expect, you know. And so this is, I find this amazing. Um, sometimes I have this love-hate relationship with technology, but um, 
I have one at work, so I'm in love with it. And when it annoys me, I think we should go back to paper and pencil. But what you're saying now is like opening a, a, a world so that you can not have to do that beginning start. You already have your beginning before you get there. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that's comforting and supportive. Did, it really is. You found it that way. It's, I, I look at it as an opportunity. So, you know, not everyone um, is willing to put themselves out there, right? Or be extroverted. Right. But to me, it's, it's such an opportunity and a resource to go on those and, and just to feel supported and already feel connected to a community even before you get there, just by joining these Facebook pages. Um, right. And yeah, it's it's wonderful it's because all the information is there. Um, there's always at least one other spouse that's willing to connect with you and talk with you and be your friend. Um, so I, I would highly recommend it to any spouse, who, whether you're a new spouse or a seasoned spouse. It's just a great place to go for every, on every single base. You can meet friends on them. That's, as I said, and you're right. I mean, obviously not everyone's comfortable, but it also gives a benefit. So you were comfortable, but if you meet someone through your husband's work and uh, she hasn't been comfortable, you have that opportunity to provide information for that person and support that way. So it's like a good connector no matter you know how you choose to use it and uh, everything i as i said i have i've just found this amazing and uh, very very useful it always was sort of the um, greeting of a new family sort of fell on the commander's wife and how involved the commander to be is how involved <laughs> the information was that you got. It could be from a basket of fruit to someone who would actually take you around and, and show you things. So that's interesting. So let me ask you now as a student and a mom and a wife, and uh, what advice would you give uh, someone who's in your exact place, but sort of not sure how the puzzle fits together, what advice would you give them? Well, I would say that right now, um, we live in a world where there's so much opportunity um, to go to school online. So if it's a student like me who, you know, is non-traditional, um, this is the best time to return back to college because there's so many online classes available. Even if you just wanna you know, get your foot in the door and see what you're interested in. We didn't have that before. Um, you know, and there's so many remote opportunities. And I think for spouses who may be looking for a position but are a little afraid to uh, you know, start a new position um, because our life can be very, you know, temporary um, where we are. A lot of spouses are scared to, um, I guess, start a new career. You know, they don't want to be the short-term employee. But I will say that there's lots of resources out there for spouses, um, career resources. 
Um, My CAA is a good resource if you want to just get started again. They give a 4,000 free uh, grant to military spouses. That's what I used when I returned back to school, um, just to start back. And to just use your networks, um, go on Facebook, you know, join, join the groups and I know it can be a little scary, but put yourself out there and don't be afraid to connect because our military community is wonderful and it is very friendly and very supportive. Um, and, you know, we should all just stick together. Well, thank you. I think you have uh, given so much information. You um, truly are a perfect way to end our series. Uh, and. April is the month of the military child and you fall into that and your daughter falls into that. So um, it was uh, really important to celebrate all the, the times that the uh, military is um, celebrated and you know we have may that's the appreciation we have november that salute to service we just have all these days set aside to appreciate and celebrate and bring them to light but in reality it's a day to day and that's what um, I was hoping that the series would show as we progress through each one of the talks that the military family, the, the individuals who make up the military, every day is contributing to society in one way or another. And there are sacrifices and it's not that anyone wears them on their sleeve and says, look at me, look at me. They usually are very quiet and very silent, especially the military families. They support the mission that their husband has you know, taken an oath or a wife or a spouse, whoever the person is. Mm -hmm is supporting and uh, and they do it with dignity and quiet and children learn that you are part of serving your country. And I think that that's, um, you know, a, a great message that we're giving. And I don't necessarily think everyone realizes that the same mission that the military person has that the family is supporting it in whatever way the family needs to support it, whether it's moving deployments, uh, having to go to school plays where not everybody can attend. And the children have to realize that sometimes they're gonna have to leave friends and make new friends. But the one thing that I know, and I'm sure that you're finding and will find, and I'm sure your mother can attest to this, is that your friends that you make along the way are your friends forever. They, yes. don't, they don't disappear. Uh, the, the, as a second lieutenant's wife, the first wife I met, 53 years ago, we are still as tight as sisters and, and our children, uh, you know, uh, absolutely have the shared experience. And so anyway, um, congratulations on graduating. I'll sulk for a few days, but 
you know, I'm really proud that you've accomplished what you wanted to. And of course, wish you the absolute best after you finish grading. <laughs> yeah, after the grades are done. After the grades are done. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining this uh, with me. You really are the perfect way to close out the series. And so as I have indicated, uh, this is the end of our series of uh, shows of looking at the military families, as long as looking at the veterans, looking at veterans as students, looking at the family itself with one of our own students. Um, and also I wanted to, uh, as I mentioned, the mission in probably just about every one of the series, because that's obviously what our service members do. Their primary is whatever mission is presented to them for support of the Constitution of the United States. And uh, we're a democracy. We struggle to get it right. And uh, but I think we have to be very proud that we now have the uh, very first Black woman uh, confirmed for the uh, Supreme Court. I think it once again shows how important diversity and inclusiveness is because that's, that's who makes up our country. And we should be proud that we live in such a diverse nation. And uh, as faculty of Arizona State University, I am very proud that I work for uh, an institution that believes in inclusion and uh, believes in diversity. And it's not just words with them. They work every day to go towards that end. And uh, I think it's not just me that feels that way because Tina mentioned that one of the reasons she chose Arizona State University was because it was inclusive. So thank you so much for watching the podcast. I hope we shared some information with all of you that'll bring some new thoughts and insight to it. And I wish you everyone the best. Here at the School of Social and Family Dynamics, we recognize that the land where we host this podcast at Arizona State University belongs to the Maricopa and Pima peoples. Connect with us and get access to all of our podcasts by visiting the sanfordschool.asu.edu slash podcast, where you will also find links to all of our social media channels.